Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, celebrating 50 years of sharing God's unconditional love and grace. Welcome to the Gospel Truth broadcast. Welcome to a very special edition of the Gospel Truth. Don't limit God. He wants you to have an abundant life. God isn't angry at us anymore. The war is over. And I know that there's many of you who love God, but I tell you, there's a better way to pray. Everything that Jesus came to do, the power for it is released through the gospel, the good news, the nearly too good to be true news. Welcome to our Monday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. I'm glad that you're with us today. I'm going to be starting a brand new series, but let me just say before I get back into that, that this is the very first program that we've made in our new facility in Woodland Park. If some of you are brand new to the program, we've been in the process of moving our entire uh, operation from in Colorado Springs up to Woodland Park for about the last 18 months. We had around 200 employees that were down in Colorado Springs, and we've now moved them up to our new facility in Woodland Park. Altogether, we have 493 acres up here. Our main school campus is about a mile from here, but this facility, we uh, got this in 2017, and we have been remodeling it, and uh, the studio really isn't finished yet. So this is all temporary, but praise God, we are in our new facility. So I just wanted to give a praise to the Lord for doing that and also a thank you to our partners. You know, God has enabled us to do things that are just way, way, way beyond me, and it's because many of you have received the Word of God. You've believed in what I'm doing. You're helping us, and I just want to thank you and say praise God. Uh, the Lord has done some wonderful things for us, and we are really glad for it. Today, I'm going to start teaching a brand new series and I've entitled this, The War is Over. I've got a book on this. I've got a book in Spanish on this. I've got CDs, and I've got DVDs, and I've also got study guides. And we'll be advertising this product more. Let me just say that the title, a lot of people don't immediately relate to this, but as I get into this teaching, you'll see what I'm talking about. And I want to start over in Luke chapter 2 and take verses that are typically used at the Christmas season to kind of set a mood, and they talk about peace on earth, goodwill towards men, but I believe it is a total misapplication, a misunderstanding of what God was really talking about. And uh, let me just say before I get into these scriptures that I'm going to be countering a lot of religious tradition. I mean a lot of it. And people get offended when you begin to start countering the things that they have just assumed and accepted their entire life, and there is a natural resistance to this. But let me just say up front that how are things working for you? You know, the vast majority of people that I meet, Christians that I meet and minister to, they are having problems. They know that the Word of God promises that God will answer our prayer, that all things are possible to him that believes, and yet they aren't seeing the results that they desire. The average Christian is frustrated, and they can't understand why aren't things working. And then you begin to start teaching something that counters just a little bit of what they believe their whole life, and immediately there's this resistance about, no, how dare you counter this? But, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Your life is going the way of your dominant thoughts. 
Now, you may have pieces of information that haven't yet sunk down and become, you know, life-changing. They haven't really changed your focus or your outlook. You may have some individual thoughts and stuff, but your life is going the direction of your dominant thoughts, your heart thoughts, the way you think in your heart. That's the way that you are. And so if you see something that isn't working in your life and you know that God has something better for you, well, then part of the process is going to have to be that you have to change your thoughts. So I'm saying all of these things just to kind of prepare that, you know, even though I'm going to be countering a lot of religious tradition, don't hold on so tight to those things that you aren't open to seeing something new. I'm going to share some things with you that I can guarantee you it is going to go against the vast majority of what religion is teaching today. Now, I am not against true Christianity. I am not against the true church, but I'm saying that not every person who claims to be a minister for the Lord is ministering properly. You know, I travel and I've ministered in foreign lands many times and I go through interpreters and I tell you, an interpreter is a blessing and a curse depending on how they're doing it. I've had some interpreters that were so good that I honestly wanted to just stop and listen to them because they were great. I would say something that was just kind of, you know, it wasn't hilarious, but by the time the interpreter said it, the people just roared. I mean, they did a better job communicating it than I did. But then I've had other interpreters that when you preach something, they uh, just don't agree with you. I remember one guy in Germany and I was saying things that I knew the crowd wasn't responding the way that they should. And eventually the pastor of the church got up and had the interpreter sit down and he called somebody else up. And after the service, I, I asked what was going on and he says, he didn't agree with you. He didn't agree with what you was teaching. So you would say something, some of the things I'm gonna be dealing with in this series, and it just was different than his religious tradition. So he would just change it and say whatever. And you know, uh, an interpreter is not supposed to be speaking their own message. They aren't supposed to be communicating from themselves. They are supposed to be interpreting for the person who's speaking. And as a minister, we are not supposed to be speaking our own doctrines, our own things. We are supposed to be hearing from God, of course, through His Word, the Holy Spirit teaching us through the Word of God. And we are supposed to be speaking forth the truths of God's Word. And I believe that there's a lot of people that honestly, some of it, it's, it's just because they don't know any better. Other times there are people who willfully reject what God's Word says in order to keep their own religious traditions. Regardless of what the motivation is, not everybody is representing God correctly is the point I'm trying to make. And I'm going to be sharing things with you straight from Scripture that is going to challenge a lot of religious traditions. But that doesn't mean it's wrong. And so I just want you to open up your heart and be prepared. If you can receive it, I think that this will just transform your life. This is probably one of the things that I enjoy teaching on the most. I just love this. It has set me free and it is powerful and it has the potential of revolutionizing your life. If you know that there's more and yet you're frustrated, you don't know how to get there, it doesn't seem like you are getting your prayers answered and things aren't working the way that you know that God would like them to work in your life. I've got some things that are gonna change your life. And so I'm excited about sharing this with you. Let's start over here in Luke chapter two. 
in these verses that are often used during the Christmas season, Luke chapter 2, verse 8, it says, There were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And of course the story goes on. Most of us are familiar with this. But I want to focus on this 14th verse where it says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill Towards men. You know, at the Christmas season, this is often quoted, and you will see this on Christmas cards, you'll see it on banners. There's songs about this. I remember one song that was written about I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and loud and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill towards men. And you know, this was written during the Civil War. That song was written, and the man who actually wrote this song, he was talking about that at the Christmas season. People were talking about peace on earth, goodwill towards men, and they were proclaiming peace, that we should be walking in love with each other and all of these things. But then the second verse goes on that there is no peace on earth. And the man who wrote this was uh, lamenting because he was seeing the contrast between his experience and what these words were. His son was actually killed in the Civil War, and he was suffering loss. And they were in the midst of the Civil War in the 1860s, and here they were talking about peace on earth, and yet there is no peace on earth. But then at the end of it, he comes back and positive, and even though he couldn't see it in his experience, he couldn't see it in the nation, he said, but the wrong will fail, the right will prevail of peace on earth. And so basically he just said, I can't see it, I can't understand it, but I believe that somehow in, eventually, maybe in the end, it will come back and there will be peace on earth. But did you know that's not what this is talking about? You will even hear uh, translations that say peace among men is what these angels are singing about. And this is what most people think that this is God, the angels, proclaiming that Jesus has come and now there's going to be peace among men, that wars will cease, that everything will improve, it'll all be better. But let's look at some words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 10. Here's the one who the angels were singing at His birth about glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. So here's the one that they were singing about and listen to His own words. In Matthew chapter 10 and in verse 34, he says, Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's foes shall be they of his own house. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. He that loseth it for my sake shall find it. 
AND HE GOES ON. BUT HERE IS THE PRINCE OF PEACE, THE ONE THAT THE ANGELS WERE SINGING, GLORY TO GOD IN THE HIGHEST AND ON EARTH, PEACE, GOODWILL TOWARDS MAN. AND HE SAID IN VERSE 34, THINK NOT, I AM COME TO SEND PEACE ON EARTH. I CAME NOT TO SEND PEACE, BUT A SWORD. SO, YOU KNOW, on, ON THE SURFACE, THIS LOOKS CONFUSING. WHICH IS IT? WERE THE ANGELS RIGHT THAT IT'S GLORY TO GOD IN THE HIGHEST AND NOW THERE'S PEACE AMONG MEN? OR WAS JESUS RIGHT THAT HE DIDN'T COME TO SEND PEACE? WELL, THE PROBLEM IS RESOLVED WHEN YOU UNDERSTAND THAT WHAT THESE ANGELS WERE SINGING ABOUT WASN'T PEACE AMONG MEN. IN THE 24TH CHAPTER OF THE BOOK OF uh, MATTHEW, JESUS WAS SPEAKING ABOUT THE END TIMES, AND ONE OF THE SIGNS OF THE END TIMES IS THAT THERE WOULD BE INCREASED WARS AND FIGHTING AMONG YOU, AND THAT PEOPLE WOULD BE SAYING PEACE, PEACE, BUT THERE IS NO PEACE. AND THERE'S JUST MULTIPLE THINGS. WE COULD GO THROUGH AND SHOW YOU MULTIPLE THINGS. THE SCRIPTURE, WHEN IT SAYS, AND ON EARTH, PEACE, GOODWILL TOWARDS MEN, THIS ISN'T TALKING ABOUT PEACE AMONG MEN, BUT WHAT THIS IS DECLARING IS THAT THE WAR BETWEEN GOD AND MAN BECAUSE OF SIN, GOD'S DECLARED WAR ON SIN, THAT CAUGHT MAN IN THE MIDDLE AND RELEASED THE WRATH OF GOD AND SAW GOD STRIKE PEOPLE DEAD. AN ANGEL WENT OUT ONE NIGHT AND KILLED 186,000 PEOPLE IN ONE NIGHT IN SENNACHERIB'S ARMY THAT WAS COMING AGAINST HIS PEOPLE AND ON AND ON. THE WAR FROM GOD AGAINST OUR SIN IS OVER. PEACE ON EARTH FROM GOD TOWARDS MEN, NOT PEACE AMONG MEN. NOW, THIS IS SIGNIFICANT. AND I KNOW THAT AS I SAY THIS, THERE ARE SOME PEOPLE THINKING, WELL, THAT CAN'T BE BECAUSE GOD IS STILL ANGRY AT US. THERE IS STILL WRATH FROM GOD AGAINST US. THIS IS WHAT I'M GOING TO BE SHARING WITH YOU AS WE GO THROUGH THIS SERIES. AND IF YOU CAN UNDERSTAND IT, I BELIEVE I'LL SHOW YOU THAT THROUGH THE NEW COVENANT, GOD IS NOT HOLDING PEOPLE'S SINS AGAINST THEM. GOD IS NOT MAD AT PEOPLE BECAUSE OF THEIR SINS ANYMORE. AND DID YOU KNOW THAT STATEMENT RIGHT THERE, I CAN JUST HEAR TELEVISION SETS ALL AROUND THE WORLD CLICKING OFF BECAUSE PEOPLE SAY, WELL, THAT'S HERESY. THAT CAN'T BE SO BECAUSE THE CHURCH AS A WHOLE IS STILL PROCLAIMING THAT THERE IS WAR FROM GOD AGAINST OUR SINS. AND IF YOU DO SOMETHING WRONG, THE WRATH OF GOD IS GOING TO COME UPON YOU. GOD IS GOING TO PUNISH YOU. PEOPLE WILL SAY IT TO VARYING DEGREES. SOME PEOPLE WILL SAY THAT THE SEPTEMBER THE 11TH TERRORIST ATTACKS WERE GOD'S JUDGMENT ON AMERICA, THE HURRICANES, THE DEVASTATION, THE EARTHQUAKES, FIRES, uh, YOU KNOW, PEOPLE BEING BORN WITH CERTAIN BIRTH DEFECTS, THAT THIS IS ALL GOD'S WRATH, IT'S ALL GOD'S PUNISHMENT, THAT GOD IS DANGLING US OVER HELL BY A THREAD THAT'S ON FIRE, IT'S JUST ABOUT TO SNAP AND YOU EITHER REPENT OR ELSE TURN OR BURN. THAT IS THE MESSAGE OF SOME PEOPLE. OTHER PEOPLE IN THE BODY OF CHRIST WILL PREACH A LESSER CONSEQUENCE THAT, WELL, YOU AREN'T GOING TO GO TO HELL. ONCE YOU GET BORN AGAIN, GOD LOVES YOU TO A DEGREE EVEN WHEN YOU SIN, BUT HE WON'T BLESS YOU. HE WON'T ANSWER YOUR PRAYER. YOU WILL BE MISERABLE. GOD WILL MAKE YOU uh, CONDEMNED. AND THEY STILL BELIEVE THAT THERE IS WRATH AND PUNISHMENT FROM GOD, THAT THE WAR IS STILL GOING. AND THAT IS NOT THE MESSAGE OF THE GOSPEL. YOU KNOW, I'M GOING TO DEAL WITH THESE THINGS IN A LOT MORE DETAIL, BUT LET ME JUST GIVE YOU A SAMPLING OF SOME OF THE THINGS THAT I WILL BE TALKING ABOUT LATER. BUT IN ROMANS CHAPTER 1 AND IN VERSE 16, PAUL SAID, FOR I AM NOT ASHAMED OF THE GOSPEL OF CHRIST. 
YOU KNOW, THE WORD GOSPEL HAS BECOME A CLICHE, AND PEOPLE REFER TO ALL KINDS OF THINGS. IF IT'S JUST RELIGIOUS, IF IT'S ABOUT GOD, THEY'LL SAY, WELL, THIS IS THE GOSPEL. THEY WILL GO OUT AND THEY'LL SAY, YOU KNOW, YOU'RE GOING TO HELL, AND THAT GOD IS ANGRY AT YOU, AND GOD IS GOING TO JUDGE YOU, REPENT OR ELSE, TURN OR BURN, AND THEY'LL SAY, THAT'S THE GOSPEL. THAT'S NOT THE GOSPEL. THE WORD GOSPEL, IF YOU LOOK THIS UP IN THE GREEK, IT IS A WORD THAT LITERALLY MEANS GOOD NEWS. AND I HAVE ACTUALLY STUDIED THIS OUT, AND uh, ONE OF THE COMMENTARIES THAT I READ SAID THAT OUTSIDE OF THE BIBLE, IN ALL OF GREEK LITERATURE THAT WE HAVE ACCESS TO, THIS GREEK WORD THAT WAS TRANSLATED GOSPEL IN THE KING JAMES BIBLE WAS ONLY USED TWICE IN OUR GREEK LITERATURE. AND IT DOES MEAN GOOD NEWS, THAT'S ACCURATE, BUT IT IS SO RARE, IT IS SO EXCEPTIONAL, IT'S LIKE A HYPERBOLE, AND IT LITERALLY IS REFERRING TO SOMETHING THAT IS NEARLY TOO GOOD TO BE TRUE NEWS. AND THAT'S THE REASON THAT IT WAS SO SELDOM USED, BECAUSE IN THE NATURAL WORLD, IF YOU SEPARATE WHAT GOD HAS DONE FOR US IN THIS FALLEN NATURAL WORLD, THERE IS VERY LITTLE THAT IS GOOD NEWS, AND THERE'S EVEN LESS THAT IS NEARLY TOO GOOD TO BE TRUE NEWS. SO THIS IS SAYING THAT I'M NOT ASHAMED OF THE NEARLY TOO GOOD TO BE TRUE NEWS OF CHRIST AND WHAT HE DID FOR US. AND THIS IS TALKING ABOUT THAT IT IS THE LOVE OF GOD THAT WAS COMMUNICATED TOWARDS US WHEN GOD SENT HIS SON, AND THEN JESUS TOOK ALL OF OUR SIN, PAST, PRESENT, AND EVEN SIN THAT WE HAVEN'T COMMITTED YET, AND IT HAS TO BE THAT WAY BECAUSE YOU AND I HAD NOT COMMITTED ANY SIN WHEN JESUS DIED. HE HASN'T DIED SINCE. SO HE DEALT WITH ALL SIN, PAST, PRESENT, AND EVEN FUTURE SIN IN HIS ATONEMENT. ALL OF THE WRATH OF GOD CAME UPON JESUS, AND GOD PLACED HIS WRATH, HIS PUNISHMENT AGAINST OUR SIN UPON JESUS SO THAT TODAY THERE ISN'T ANY WRATH. THE WAR IS OVER. GOD HAS JUDGED OUR SIN. NOW, SOMEBODY MIGHT BE THINKING, SO YOU'RE SAYING THAT SIN'S JUST OKAY? NO, SIN IS STILL DEADLY. SIN NOT ONLY WAS AN OFFENSE AGAINST GOD, BUT IT WAS A DIRECT INROAD OF SATAN INTO YOUR LIFE. ROMANS CHAPTER 6, VERSE 16 SAYS, KNOW YE NOT THAT TO WHOM YE YIELD YOURSELF, SERVANTS TO OBEY, HIS SERVANTS YOU ARE, TO WHOM YE OBEY, WHETHER OF SIN UNTO DEATH OR OF OBEDIENCE UNTO RIGHTEOUSNESS. IF YOU LIVE IN SIN, GOD'S WRATH AGAINST YOUR SIN HAS ALREADY BEEN PLACED UPON JESUS, AND IF YOU ACCEPT JESUS AS YOUR SAVIOR, THEN HIS WRATH WILL NEVER COME UPON YOU. YOUR SIN HAS ALREADY BEEN PAID FOR. BUT THERE IS A DIRECT INROAD OF SATAN. SO ALTHOUGH GOD'S NOT GOING TO BRING HIS WRATH UPON YOU, SATAN WILL TAKE ADVANTAGE OF SIN. AND JOHN CHAPTER 10, VERSE 10 SAYS, THE THIEF COMETH NOT, BUT FOR TO STEAL, AND TO KILL, AND TO DESTROY. THE ONLY PURPOSE OF SATAN, HE IS NOT GOING TO TRY AND BLESS YOU. HE'S NOT GOING TO MAKE YOUR LIFE BETTER. HE'S GOING TO STEAL, KILL, AND DESTROY. SO EVEN THOUGH GOD ISN'T JUDGING YOUR SIN, AND GOD'S WRATH AGAINST YOUR SIN WAS PLACED UPON JESUS, AND IF YOU ACCEPT JESUS, THERE IS NO WRATH LEFT IN GOD FOR YOUR SIN. EVEN THOUGH THAT'S TRUE, YOU CAN'T JUST GO LIVE IN SIN BECAUSE SATAN WILL DESTROY YOU. SATAN WILL EAT YOUR LUNCH AND POP THE BAG IF YOU GIVE PLACE TO HIM THROUGH GOING OUT AND LIVING IN SIN. SO AS MUCH AS YOU CAN, YOU NEED TO LIVE A HOLY SEPARATED LIFE. NONE OF US WILL DO IT PERFECTLY, AND WHEN WE FAIL, PRAISE GOD THAT GOD HAS ALREADY PLACED HIS WRATH AGAINST OUR SIN UPON JESUS. GOD IS NOT GOING TO 
condemn you. He's not going to judge you. He's not going to turn away and fail to answer your prayer. But there is repentance. And when you say, Father, thank you that I'm already forgiven in your sight. You aren't going to judge me. But I, I gave Satan legal right to come into my life and wreak havoc. And now I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done it. I agree with you. I confess this is sin. And the moment you do this, this forgiveness that was already in your spirit that is sanctified and perfected forever, that's a quote from uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 10 and 14, and I'll be dealing with this in a lot more detail as we go through this series. But the forgiveness and the acceptance and the love and the power and the joy of God that's already in your spirit comes flowing out through your soul and into your body when you turn from that sin and submit yourself, resubmit yourselves back to God. Your spirit retains its right, right standing with God the whole time, but your body and soul can be given over to the devil and he can come in and put sickness on you and poverty and depression and discouragement and fear and on and on. And so as much as you can, you do not yield to the devil. And when you do yield to the devil, you're quick to repent, turn away from it, turn back towards God and draw on this acceptance that God has already given us. But anyway, I will deal with those things in a lot more detail. But let me go back to this verse that the angels were glorifying God and they said, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. This wasn't talking about peace among men. Jesus, I have used those verses in Matthew chapter 10, said that He didn't come to send peace. You can look at history and in the last 2,000 years since Jesus came, there is no doubt that there have been instances, I mean probably millions, maybe billions of instances where a person got their life changed and because the Lord extended love towards them, they've turned around and forgiven somebody else of something that they've done. And there's no doubt that on an individual basis, there has been peace among men to some degree. But if you look at history as a whole, man, peace did not come when Jesus came to this earth. Peace came between God and man, and people can receive this, and to the degree that they receive and cooperate, it will affect their relationships with other people. But history has proven that some of the worst uh, wars, terrible atrocities, the Holocaust, and other things that have happened in the history of the world have happened since Jesus came. Jesus did not come to bring peace among men, but peace to men from God. The war is over. God declared the end of the conflict between Him and mankind because of sin. And the sad fact is that most Christians have not understood this and they are still fighting a war that there has been an armistice signed, the, the price has been paid, and God is not mad at you. God's not even in a bad mood. God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. You can't make Him love you more and you can't make Him love you less. Now you can enjoy the benefits of it if you renew your mind and that's what I'm going to be doing is teaching on the war is over. I tell you, this book is powerful. It would be a tremendous blessing to you. So I've got this book in English. I've also got it in Spanish. I've got a study guide on the war is over and then I have DVDs and CDs 
that were taken from a live service. And I believe that all of this teaching would really help you. This will make a big difference. So listen to our announcer as he gives you information about how you can get these materials. And please call or write today. Andrew's teaching titled, The War Is Over, is available in a CD album recorded live from a Gospel Truth seminar or in a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. You can also get this teaching as a book or study guide in either English or Spanish. Or you can get the War Is Over package, which includes your choice of either the CD or DVD album, the book and the study guide. This package has a catalog value of $85, but you can get it today for only $60. The individual audio CD highlighted in today's broadcast is available for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give, but if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. Our helpline number is 719-635-1111. If the lines are busy, remember, you can order ministry materials or become a Grace Partner 24 hours a day, seven days a week at awmi.net. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. We'd like to point out Andrew's upcoming speaking schedule. Mark your calendars to come meet Andrew at one of these events and let the Word of God transform your life. In the month of January, to welcome in the new year, Andrew will be in Phoenix, Arizona for the annual Phoenix Gospel Truth Conference. In February, he'll be in Orlando and Oakland, Florida. And in March, he'll be at the Sanctuary in Woodland Park, Colorado for the annual Karis Bible College Men's Advance with special guest Tony Dungy, New York Times bestselling author, NFL Hall of Fame, and Super Bowl winning coach and James Brown, Emmy Award-winning broadcaster on the CBS and NFL networks. Also at the Sanctuary in March, Andrew will be hosting the Army Conference for Ministers. For more details on Andrew's next meeting in your area, visit our website at awmi.net. to the support of our friends and partners, Karis Bible College is able to reach more people with the gospel than ever before through the continued expansion of our Phase II building project. For the latest information on the Phase II construction update, go to awmi.net. When they told us, you know, he had cancer and that he had 30% chance, that felt like a death sentence. He had cancer also in every bone in his body, uh, except his hands and his feet. Of course, you have many people then coming and calling you, writing to you. We had people saying to us, well, God needs another little angel in heaven. Or, you know, God is trying to teach you something through this. The post is coming in every day. And in the midst of all of that, there was a letter with CDs. And there were four CDs in it. It handwritten on the, on the CD cover. God wants you well. And as we listen to this message, something resonated in the message he was speaking. Once I started listening to that and became convinced that God wants you well, because that was my question the whole time. And we just got our hands on as many books as we could read. I think I listened to every message by Andrew Womack. It just ministered to us so much. 
we were listening on the website on the MP3 player. And so we never did this before, but we just got Andrew, we put our hands in him because the Bible says you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And we said, Bones, we've got good news for you. By his stripes, you were healed. We didn't see anything happen with Andrew, he was just playing. He got, of course, tested and we got a phone call from the consultant, very excited. She said, I don't know how to tell you this, but every one of Andrew's bones are completely clean of cancer. Isn't that awesome? A little boy is alive and well today and a family is rejoicing because of the truth of God's Word coming to the Mullins family. You know, that couldn't have happened without our partners enabling us to make all of those materials available. So I'd like to ask you to pray about being a partner. 